0: Thinking about Mother's Day, and uh, I was thinking about Mary, the mother of Jesus. You know, she was faced with a big challenge. You know, being pregnant but not knowing how that happened, and or how it was going to happen, and so that took a lot of faith and commitment and surrender on her part to God's will in her life. and And so I was reading in John's Gospel about the marriage feast at at Cana, which was the first miracle that Jesus did. and And so uh, just like most mothers, you know, Mary realized that they'd run out of wine. And so she said to Jesus, you know, they don't have any wine. And Jesus being the typical child, I said, Well, what's that to me? It's not my time. But that didn't dissuade her. That didn't dissuade her, because she knew that he would listen to her and he knew that she would he would meet her need and the need of the of the people there. And so what did she say? She said to the servants Whatever he says to you, do it. So I don't know if you're here with your mom or, or you're not here with your mom. Or, or, but I think if your mom would have one thing to say to you today, she'd say, whatever Jesus says for you to do, do that. So that was the, the message I got from the Lord this morning as I was talking about moms. Because moms are the ones along other people, but moms are very, very important in leading us in the way of the Lord and showing us to obey God and to hear his voice. So as we go into today and we go to the Lord and and we open our hearts to him, well, let's keep our moms in prayer, but let's remember to always do what Jesus tells us to do. So with that, let's stand. We're going to pray for those that need a touch from the Lord. And we all have members of our family and members and people that we know and people in the church that need a touch from God in every area of their lives. And I'm going to be reading from the first Psalm. And I'm going to give you the Dr. K version. We'll kind of modify it as we go so it fits into us a little bit. It says, Blessed is the man and the woman that walk not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his and her delight is in the law of the Lord, the word of God, the things that Jesus tells us to do. And in his law doth he meditate day and night, For he and she, they will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bring forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf will not wither, and whatever they do shall prosper. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Let's go to the Father this morning. Father, we thank you for this day that you've given us to celebrate your love. And Father, even as you established Eve to be the mother of all living things. Father, we thank you today for our moms and for those women in our lives, Lord, that have mothered us in many ways and shown us the path that we should walk, who have led us to follow the words of Jesus and the direction of Jesus to do whatever he says to do. So, Father, we pray your blessing now over our moms and over those ladies that impacted our lives, that you would complete the work in their lives that you've begun, that you would bless them and strengthen them, And, Father, we just thank you for this day as we can come to you knowing that you have provided everything we need for life and godliness. So we come boldly because of the the new wine that Jesus created, the presence of your spirit with us, Lord God. We thank you for healing and deliverance and salvation. We just pray for those, Lord, that do not know you, that you would send forth people into their lives that would show them your grace and your mercy. And the salvation that they have in Jesus. We thank you for healing. We release it now in Jesus' name. By the authority of that name that you've given us. We thank you that by his stripes we have been healed. And Father, we thank you for that healing that goes forth right now. into those people that need a touch in their body. And Father, those who are depressed. And those who are oppressed by the enemy. Father, we set them free right now in Jesus' holy name. For the, the wine that you created at the feast, Lord, is a, is a, is a new wine. It's a wine of freedom and joy and peace. For Father, we declare victory right now in Jesus' name over all the power of the enemy. For today is the day that you have made, the day of salvation, the day of deliverance, and the day of freedom. And we give you praise now in Jesus' holy name. Amen.
1: Go oh.
2: Earth would shake.
3: who have gone on before, but we can stand and know the promise of God that we will meet them once again. And mothers who have had problem, problems bearing children who have maybe lost children in, in pregnancy, you know, you'll, you'll meet those children as well. And, um, you know, those, those are the promises that we can stand on as believers where no other hope in the world has that kind of claim where I'll, I'll see my grandma and I'm sure we can go crappie fishing again like we did when I was a kid, and she can cook them up um, in the black iron cast iron skillet. <clears throat> you know, but that's that's something that we can stand on. So Sister David, let's sing this chorus one more time um, and just think about though that that promise that we have and that, that hope that we have, that, it's not just about here, it's about the future, and, and mothers are praying for their kids now about that future, right? You know, you may have kids that are out there, and we can stand on that promise that if we pray for our kids to accept and believe in the name of Jesus, that he died for our sins and that he's our Savior, we'll see those kids in the future. Amen. Let's sing that one more time.
1: Shout to the Lord, On all the earth let us see.
0: So at this time, we'd like to uh, recognize and honor our mothers, as well as uh, all the ladies that provide mothering to others through your lives, because there's many people that do that. They may not be the actual mother. I know we adopted a child, and there's lots of different ways that we minister life. So we want to recognize only the mothers, but also the ladies. So if you've uh, done that, uh, Roy and the the group are going to be handing out a little gift a little token of our appreciation just to acknowledge and let you know how much we appreciate your faithfulness in your work that God's called you to do and it continues to call you to do as we as we move forward so we just pray uh, over that and we'll pray over this again when we go to the offering so the uh, the bulletin says that uh, we won't have an evening service tonight so that we can spend time with our families and uh I know I had a special mom. Maybe you had a special mom, but my mom's with the Lord, but I just remember all the things she did for me and her faithfulness and her patience, and uh, she was always there when we needed her, and that's so important. I just want to make sure everyone is... So, if all you ladies would just stand, we'd like to give you a round of applause. Okay, so thanks, Mom. I know she can hear me. So, praise God. Uh, So, with that, we're going to ask our ushers if they'll come forward and receive our tithes and offerings. So, Father, we just come this morning and thank you for all the gifts that you've given us in life. You've given us the gift of life and the breath of life, and you've given us the gift of your Son and of your Spirit. So, Father, we come with a faithful and grateful heart as we give back to you this morning. We thank you for our moms. We thank you for their love, and we thank you for their devotion. We thank you that they taught us to do the things that you've told us to do, Lord Jesus. So, Father, we just give you praise for them now, and we continue to ask your blessing and strength upon them. We ask you to bless this offering, Lord, and multiply it for your purpose and for your kingdom. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Speaking of moms, uh, one of the things that happens when we have moms is we have children. So it's time for the children to go to children's church this morning. Let's give them a With that, I know our hearts are ready to receive the word as pastor comes.
4: Amen. Things you've probably never heard a mother say. I'm totally crushing this thing, motherhood was born for this usually it's God why were they born or I can't believe I was so stressed about taking care of little humans who demand all my time and energy There's nothing to this how about this last one I have so much time to myself now that I'm a mom. <laughs> I think I'm going to spend the weekend learning to play the piano. No, probably not, right? As a matter of fact, no mom probably ever in the history of the entire world said those lines. Um, and I'll spend a few minutes just talking to you about talking to you moms and encouraging you a little bit. I. I, 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 if you are a mom, you are a real life superhero. I don't have to watch Marvels to figure out who the superhero is. Okay, uh, if you know a mom, you probably then know a real life superhero. I mean, they they do stuff. I mean, I mean, obviously, I didn't panic a while ago, but that's out of my element. So what I did is I just took Riley out into the yard and let her scream. And poor Miss Ronnie came out there and tried to rescue her. <laughs> she'll quit choking and she'll breathe again in just a minute, Miss Ronnie, Give her a minute. <laughs> and sure enough, after she got to where she couldn't get oxygen and she choked down, she came back to life and she quit crying. <laughs> now that's that's my, that's my idea of motherhood. <laughs> that's why I'm a man
1: <laughs> <laughs>
4: and that's why Debbie is such a good mom and that has been through the years um, uh, you know I say all that the one thing you'll rarely and probably have, will never maybe never hear uh, is that a mom feels like she's doing a great job because there's always things that I mean motherhood is fluid it, there's not an absolute it seems like um my mom would be the first to tell you that um, it was very fluid raising me and Barbara. We were worlds apart and uh, we were four years apart in age, worlds apart in thought and idea and and uh, just the thought of motherhood and the thought of being a mom, I, I, I've never met a mom who sits around thinking she's doing a great job. I've never met a mom who feels like she's doing everything right. matter of fact, I've never met a mom who feels like she's doing most things right because it's so fluid, it's just ever-changing. And um, for a mom to know she's doing a great job, really and truly, the people who confirm that and reassure that are her children, you know? You tell her, because she's probably thought multiple times and had multiple thoughts, um, the, the very opposite thought, the very opposite idea that she's doing a great job. So that's why today, this Mother's Day, I mean, I just want to tell you moms, hey, you're doing a great job. You're doing a great job. I know there are things that you see and struggles that are going on, but the problem the problem we run into, I think, so often is we take the big picture out of it and we see the moment. And the moment then dictates how we see the big picture. But in truth, God's at work in the big picture. We can't let the moment dictate the reality of this, okay? You're doing a great job. You're working hard, you're doing the things that are necessary to care for and to love the child that God gave you or the person God gave you that you're caring for like a child. Now, I don't mean that bad, I'm just saying motherhood is larger than, motherhood is, is really and truly larger than the birth of a child. It is the, the ability given to a woman to nurture, okay? And nurturing is not in the makeup of a man, typically. Okay? It's just not natural. We can train, we can be taught, we can become nurturers, but ultimately we weren't really born with that. God gave you that, God birthed you with it. He gave that as a gift to you, and it's natural to you, and your ability to do it is beyond anything we do. So, I'm just saying you're doing a great job. And I'm going to tell all of you children, okay? If you're a child, obviously we're all children, or you are a real superhero. Came from another, but I, you probably had a mom on another planet. So I, here's, okay, so back to the point here. To all chiro- children, I want to say this. Write a note, send an email, give a call, send a text, leave a message, however you communicate with your mom, if she's still alive and she's still available to you. Do something to remind her, to remind your mom that she's doing a great job. Do something to just encourage her and say, hey, look, you're doing a great job. I know you can't tell it by me. It's okay to admit that. I mean, it's okay. i told Mom plenty of times, Mom, you're doing a great job. Don't don't look at me right now. Look at Barbara. She's doing a good you, – that's your example. And then there were days that I said, you look at Barbara, and you can tell you're doing a great job when you look at me. <laughs> Welcome to all you online. I hope my sister's watching. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so I can't imagine what uh, – I can't imagine what Mom's face day in, day out. I, I can't because it's not natural to me. My mom put up with a lot of stuff. Um, I told her how much I appreciate her. I told her just recently how much she's meant to me and what she's done for me through the years. As a matter of fact, I, can get, I won't go into the details of it, but I can remember once early in my ministry, Debbie and I were married. We were living in another city, and uh, it was in a time of real pressure within the ministry that we were in and the things we were doing, and there was some, some struggle with leadership there, and it had already been a change in it. Man, I was just at the end of my rope. I really thought I was having a nervous breakdown. And I, uh, I, I, I did what any good son would do. I called mom. I just I knew she would have an answer, and she had an answer. She gave me incredible advice, and uh, and I followed it. And I'm alive and serving God still today because of it. I'll be just that honest with you. I thought this was I thought it was going to be an exit for me from ministry because of what I was going through. But um, the 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 reality is, you moms have answers, uh, ladies. You have answers. those who are hurting around you. Uh, Paul, tell this right quick, and then I'm going to tell you about a little something that's going to go on in a few minutes at the end of the service. Um, Paul was having one of those moments, it seems like in 2 Timothy 1, verse 5. Uh, He's in prison, he's in lockdown, uh, he's detached from the majority of what he knows as faith and belief and people who would surround him with love and purpose. and um, He remembers Timothy. Uh, he's remembering him and specifically how Timothy became the man of God that he was. He says, he makes this, he pins this in 2 Timothy, I remember your genuine faith for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I know that that same faith, continue strong in you. Every mom wants faith to continue strong in their children. Every mom wants faith to continue strong in their children. Uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson made this statement. He said, men are what their mothers make them spanish proverb reads this way i love it as a clergyman i love this one you ready an ounce of mother is worth a pound of clergy that's true that's true that's true a mom can say something that has more impact than as a clergy i could say in three counseling sessions because of the relationship because of the investment because of the 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 time energy put into the child so so before i preach i'm gonna give you a a, i'm gonna fill you in on a bit of an appreciation that we're gonna do look i appreciate you guys we give you a bag that's that it's awesome it's got some little gifts in it that will go beyond this moment i'm i'm gonna give you something that's immediate at the end of this service i'm gonna ask all you ladies all ladies all of our females out this side door there's going to be cake bites for you on the way out the door that's so much more immediate and self gratifying and you deserve it you deserve to get psyched up on some sugar before you go and have your kids buy your lunch or whatever your plan is you just go out that side door brother Roy going to help me we're going we're to provide you cake bites look at the way it looks right now we overbought And to all the ladies, to all the ladies, I would say we probably overbought. So get one and hang around if you want an extra. Let's let everybody get one, then you can come back. I'm, I'm good with it. I'm good with it. We're going to have, we've got a canopy set up. We're going to have a table. There's going to be cake bites out there. There's a couple of flavors, I believe. So, uh, and can we give Donna a hand for taking care of all the things that she takes care of? <laughs> So uh, let me just say to the ladies, thank you for all you do. We got the sweets for the sweetest. That's my line. I mean, what can I say? That was good. Okay, so back to the messages. Mothers, that was so dumb. Okay. Okay. As mothers, uh, you show your love in a lot of different ways, Uh to your kids, I mean, there's just so many ways. I mean, there's from loving them and holding them to correcting them, which is an act of love, to to trying to give them guidance, which is an act of love. Everything you do is born out of love. And the crazy thing is, is you receive love you from your kids in a different way. Each one of all of our boys love Debbie in different ways. It seems like I, you know, I just the way they respond to her, the way they re- react to her. I mean, you know, so th- there's all this stuff. St- some, with all that reality, some of you mothers, this day is sort of hard to face. Okay, um, maybe you want to be a mother and for some reason you aren't able. Uh, maybe you're a mother and haven't heard from your child in months. That happens. Maybe you've lost a child. Today represents a very empty place in you. Um, some of you didn't have a great mother when you were growing up, and so you really don't feel like you've had an example of motherhood and you don't know what that looks like and you try to imagine that and you look to people around you some of you mothers are flying solo literally uh, trying to raise kids that you have and and you know what any help you can get you welcome it you're looking for help you're looking for encouragement um, and so I want to say this to you do the best you can and Children or no children, your best is enough. So whether or not you have children or you don't have children, your dream is to have children, you're caring as a mom for children, for people. The bottom line is you're making an impact on someone's life. And that's what what your call is. That's what your role is, is to make an impact on someone's life. Uh, That's why God gave you this thing, this gift called nurturing, is to make an impact on someone's life. We saw in 2 Timothy just a second ago when we read it, Eunice was raised by a mother that impacted her life. She married, we go on to study the historical side of it, she married an unbeliever. Had a son named Timothy. But Timothy's grandmother and his mother taught him the things of God. So this guy might not have believed in God, but the mom and the grandmom continued. Continued their belief, continued their faith. Uh, And one day, this guy named Paul, this preacher, came to town, and he was talking about and sharing about Jesus. And in that teaching, because of their experience and their training in the Jewish religion and, and faith, they saw that Jesus was the fulfillment of all the things that they had heard about the Messiah. So in that reality, they began to teach Timothy about Jesus because they got a hold of who Jesus was. Um, and, and, and I don't know how they did it. I can't imagine having raised a child now without VeggieTales. Somebody say amen. Man, the greatest tool in the world. I mean, it keeps them busy and it talks about God. I mean, how, how important is that? I mean, it's better than Bluey. So anyway. I hear three people who have children or grandchildren that's watching Bluey with me. Um the bottom line is they instilled the word of God in Timothy's heart and life. And so what we begin to recognize when we sort of take time to step back from this, uh we don't actually we don't actually know much about Lois and Eunice, okay? Uh they're mentioned twice, Acts one and Second Timothy one, verse six and acts one uh, verse five and second Timothy one. Uh, what we do know that in in all that we can find is that they're they 're an encouragement to us to them and to you to all the mothers here uh because their goal was to make an impact on another uh, when we look at it, we take time to sort of study it um. Eunice was raised by, 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 by Lois we know then there's these two parts so there's Eunice who was the mother there was Lois who was the grandmother there was the one who gave birth the one who didn't so it fits everybody here there was the one who was caring for and trying to take care of this child that was given to them who didn't say any of those first statements that I said about motherhood and then there was this other one who stood alongside of her in every way she could she helped her daughter, and helped her grandson become who God wanted them to be. So what we're talking about today all fits into this passage. And what we begin to recognize as we look at this is they had raised Timothy to love God. We see towards them, Paul remembering him, that they had raised Timothy to love God in such a way that the faith that they had taught him stuck to him. It was alive in him. It was growing in him. So my word to you today is, moms, um, I know your goal. Your goal is to make your faith stick. That's what our goal is. That's what everybody's goal is. I want my faith to stick. I want my faith to stick in my children. Fathers want that. Mothers want that. We all want that. As a matter of fact, we take time to dig a little bit deeper. Eunice was a devout Jew when she encountered, before she encountered Jesus. And when she met Jesus, she served him with all of her heart, her whole heart which made an impression on Timothy, which was important to see and recognize in this. And I would say for us to important to see because, look, if you're a person of faith, you're, you've got to go all in. There's no part way. There's no, hey, I believe. I, I, yesterday uh, at the funeral, the the, the, the uh, pastor who spoke uh, talked about the man on the the the. Uh, the uh, tightrope and how he'd walk across come back walk and got down to the wheelbarrow and he talked about it. he said y'all believe i can cross the niagara falls on the with this wheelbarrow and the, the some guy said yeah i believe it and he said well okay come, come if you believe i can then just come get in it i'm gonna walk you the other side i'm back saying so, yeah you, know, you know well i don't know that i believe that much i mean that's 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 what we're talking about right here do you believe are you in the wheelbarrow are you in the wheelbarrow because, you see, it's evident that Eunice and Lois had gotten in the barrel. They had gotten in the wheelbarrow. They were letting Jesus take them to the place they were supposed to be, and they were doing it in such a way that it was an impact on Timothy, and Timothy believed because of what he saw in them and heard from them. It was very real. They lived in a world that had obstacles and dist- distractions just like we do today. It was because of their Jewish faith that they saw Jesus was the fulfillment of scripture and it prepared their heart for Paul, the apostle Paul, to reach them with the gospel. It was Paul. Paul. Now we're back into the prison with Paul who remembered the faith of Timothy and purpose that the gospel still needed to go out, still needed to be expanded. And so so it was Paul who remembered that Timothy had this really good upbringing. It was Paul who remembered that That Timothy had this faith, and it was not just a random faith. It was a faith that he had seen lived out in a mother and in a grandmother. And so it was Paul who, because of those things, said, Look, I know there's going to be trials. I know there's going to be troubles. I know there's going to be things that come in the way of your life, Timothy. But you'll remember. Hold on. Remember what God has done and what God is still able to do because you've seen it. So I'm going to give you two thoughts today for mothers for fathers, foster parents, um, somebody who's taking care of their neighbor's kid, okay? I'll give you two thoughts, simple thoughts, thoughts I've shared before, thoughts that fit us all, but I'm going to target the mom's today. Mom, what you teach, God buries deep. What you teach, God buries deep. You understand that in the scripture Isaiah 55 says it is the same with my word. I send it out and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to and it will prosper everywhere I send it. So we see that for it to produce fruit it has to be a seed. It has to be a seed and we recognize that what he's saying here is is that if we'll take and teach what God's word instructs, it'll become like seed in the heart and in the spirit of the person it is sown into, and it will produce fruit. It will produce fruit. And so what we understand here is how many of you got children who are far from God? You don't raise your hand. I just want you to think about this for a second. If you have children far from God today, understand what you taught them about God and his word is buried deep in their heart the scripture tells you that and it says it will always produce fruit so god will bring it to life you've got to believe you've got to trust in what god's word has taught us about his word about the power and the authority and the ability of his word you've got to believe that that word will come to life hebrews four twelve says for the word of god is alive and powerful it's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword Cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow, and it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. I mean, that's a promise, y'all. That's a promise from God to all mothers, to all fathers, to all foster parents, to all aunts, to all uncles, to all godparents, to anyone and everyone it give that's that's given the responsibility of raising a child, that's raising another person, of bringing another person along. It's a promise. God's word exposes our innermost thoughts and desires, even when we're even when we're not looking for Him, even when we aren't looking for Him. He shows up. He he reveals Himself. He he wants to make Himself known. His word's alive and powerful. That's why we preach it. That's why the scripture says to preach it. That's why we teach it, because it's like seed sown into the hearts of people. And it's, it's not just in a setting of a Sunday school. It's taught when you lay down, when you rise up, when you go along your way, when you sit down. The scripture tells us in Deuteronomy in the beginning, God said, hey, teach this. This is when to teach it. When? All day. When you're awake, be a lesson. That's, that's what, am I, 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 you're doing a great job because you're being a lesson. You're being an example. You're setting something before others that they see and go, wow. I, 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 need, I, need, to, I need to do something here. Mom, get hold of God's word. You, use, use every means possible to teach it to your children. Your children's children. Use every means possible to express it to those that you're giving care to and that you're trying to grow up, whoever they are. doesn't matter. I, I'm telling you. Second Timothy goes on and tells us in chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, all Scripture say that. That's a, I mean, y'all, that's a lot. That's a lot. But the Scripture says all Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. I mean, say, well, you know, I love Jesus, but I just don't have time to get in the Bible. Well, you're probably doing some stuff that's wrong. I mean, is that okay? I mean, just I'm just going to throw that out there. You're probably doing some stuff that's wrong because this is what tells us the right and the wrong. And this is what comes it's not my, You say, well, that's your job, preacher. It's not my job. My job is to preach and to teach the word of God and to sow seed. I'm sowing seed today. I'm encouraging. But ultimately, it's each one of our jobs to open this word, let it become a mirrored reflection of Christ to us to show us the things that we need to get right that are wrong and to show us the things that are right that we can celebrate. Amen. So, Corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Mom, listen to me. Do you realize that the impact that you've made, do you realize the impact you've made on those around you? Ma'am, do you realize the impact that you're making on those around you? Do you understand the role you're playing in teaching God's word to those under your influence? Because that's what we're talking about. We're talking about people who are under the influence of your influence. You're a nurturer. It's natural for them to be drawn to you. You have influence. Even if if the one you're investing in doesn't show it, you need to believe that God is burying it deep inside their heart and is doing something you can't see in them because he is, because his word does. What you've taught your children, God's buried deep in them. Now, here's the reality. The struggle becomes, I've heard this, I I, I heard a saying once that goes like this, persistent people please God because persistence is faith in action. Persistent people please God because persistence is faith in action. What's God looking for? He's looking for somebody that's got faith. That's acting on what they believe he's able or is doing or will do. Looking for faith. He's looking for faith. And persistent people please God because persistence is faith in action. It's, I mean, I'm, why, why are you doing that? Because I just believe. I just believe God's going to use that. I just believe when I pray, God hears me. I just believe when I talk about God's word, it's getting in. I believe that whenever I, whenever I encourage, God's raising something up. So those are the things that we need to understand, Mom. Mom, let me talk about myself a little bit. Um, I've shared this part about me. So, Mom took me to church from the time I was a little fella, Evangel Temple Assembly of God, Laurel, Mississippi. Raised there, man. I mean, I just. Well, I say I was raised there. I went there until I got old enough to get a driver's license. I've told you all that. And I get driver's license, and I started lying to my mom because I'd stay at my best friend's house on Saturday night. We'd be out all night, and I'd stay there, and I'd say we were going to the Methodist Church downtown. And If you watch my hometown, you might catch a glimpse of the Methodist Church downtown, and if it goes inside, you will be one trip more than me into that building. So they'll tell you what a little liar I was, because I did it a lot. Um, Raised in church, taught the word, put in Sunday school. Raised, I mean, you've heard of people cutting their teeth on the pews. I cut my teeth on the pews. Mom, it was a Pentecostal church. Mom was one of those that, buddy, when the Holy Ghost got on her, She'd stand and give a word a message an interpretation. And I'm talking about it was stronger than the preacher ever dreamed about. And I just get deeper under that pew, boy. It scared the life out of me when I was young. And then it convicted the sin out of me when I got older. And so, so, so I was raised in that environment. I, I was raised in the presence of God. And she didn't have dad's help. He wasn't, he wasn't a believer. He didn't go to church even on special days. Dad, Dad was not a, uh, what are they called, a Easter or something like that. They, Dad, Dad didn't show up at Christmas and Easter. Dad didn't show up at all. Dad worked six days a week, and on that seventh day, he rested in the woods somewhere, you know. Uh, and then one day, um, I started gravitating to his life. And so it took a little while. I mean, I, I, it, it, it may be, you know, but it, 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 it was when I got my driver's license, when I was getting into high school, uh, I'd, you know, I was, I was going to church occasionally, and I, mom would ask me what's going on, I'd lie to her about going to David's church and all that. So mom, so I'm going to give you a little insight here. What you teach, God buries deep. How do I get that out? How do I, God, what do I do? So here's what mom did. Mom started praying. She just started watering that seed she'd put in there. And she'd pray and she'd pray. She, she went to my youth pastor. I've told that story before. She went to my youth pastor and had a talk with him about me. And he said, I know, uh, I know of David. I've had, I know the kids. He's got a cousin or two that's attending the church. They've talked about him. And she realized he wasn't going to do anything. That's not an offense to him. He just knew I was out that far, that far from God. And he said, "He said I'll pray with you. So she recruited him to pray, and she started praying, and all this stuff started happening. And before I knew it, before I knew it, I was trapped in South Louisiana. No way out. I'd rather there have been live guns and ammo pointed at me than what was happening in my soul. I got scared for my soul down there. And I said, God, if you will just get me home, just get me home, just help me get to the house. And the first thing I did when I got home, I hugged my dad, which scared, you know, it scared him really bad. Because I went to him, tears running down my face, about four thirty in the afternoon on a Wednesday, and I run up to him, and he was just standing there, and he, you know, he always would stop what he was doing and talk, speak to me when I get there, because I was headed out somewhere to do something wrong, probably. And I showed up that day, and when I got out of the car, I walked up to him and just started weeping, and I hugged him. I said, "Dad, I'm home. I'm home. I love you." And his. Your mom's home, son. (laughs) What do we do? We send them to mom when we don't know what to do with them. I said, I know. I'm headed there now. And I got in my truck and I took off and I drove out there. Mom, Mom, she had migraine headaches, severe migraine headaches as I was growing up as a child. And it happened to be a week that she was in the bed. I got home. I walked into her bedroom. And I told her, I said, your prayers have been answered. And she just started crying. And I said, I can't stay long. I got to get ready. I think they have church on Wednesday night. <laughs> and sure enough, I load up in the truck and take off and get over there. And now you want to see a real shot crowd. Oh, Dave walked into the building. And they were like, you know, hey, is this the apocalypse? What's going on? You know. But sure enough, that night. I made, I made public profession of Christ in that group. I'd already asked Christ in my life, and I told everybody about what was happening. I called my best friend on Thursday. I went to church on Sunday. I mean, it was dramatic. It was immediate. But there had been a lot of things taught to me that were deep inside of me that when the power and the presence of that anointing that washing over of that prayer that rain hit those seeds they come to life pray ma'am pray mom pray don't see just a couple of thoughts here you may have a ways to go to see God's word fulfilled in your child or in the person you're praying for. Do you remember a few months ago, I preached a message on but God. <laughs> but God's not limited, y'all. But God had not given up. But God knows what he's doing. But God's using you and his word to accomplish his t- task. Because what you teach, God buries deep. Which takes me to the second thought. Let me do it quick. Don't give up on your seed. What you teach, God buries deep. But second, don't give up on your seed. Don't give up on what you've sown. Don't give up on God's word. Don't give up on the work, the struggle, the toil, the prayers, the 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 correction, the direction, all the things that you've done. Don't give up. Galatians 6, 9, and 10 says, so let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever you have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially those in the family of faith. My my word to you this morning is hold on. I mean, hold on. I don't care what you're facing, you hold on. You, you have a right to the seed that you've sown. God, God, that God, you have given it over to him. You not only have a right to the seed you've sown, you have a right to the seed that you have born. That, that child is yours. That person under your influence is yours. You hold on. You don't give up. God's word is alive and powerful. We read that. It makes us realize what's wrong in our lives. It also produces fruit in us, we read. So when you're weary and you think that nobody nobody cares, know this, God cares. Know that the scripture says in due season, you'll reap, you'll reap what you sow. You'll reap it. Mom, the good things you've sown will be rewarded. Ma'am. The good things you're sowing will be rewarded. Listen to me. Heaven's going to be full of people we aren't. We thought weren't listening. I believe that. Man, we serve a good God. We serve a good God. And I believe a lot of the things that we've said and a lot of things we've done that we felt like were just, we look back on and think to ourselves, what in the world? And we're going to be surrounded by people who heard it who responded to it that we didn't know about. So don't give up. Don't give up on challenging your son or daughter. I'm going to tell you that out loud, open, online. Listen, don't give up on challenging your son and daughter to come to faith, to come to Christ, to believe that he is, a, that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who seek him. You won't find the reward until you start to seek him. You won't experience the power until you start to seek him. You won't find the promise until you start to seek him. But if you'll seek him, he'll show up. I guarantee you. I'm a living witness. 2 Corinthians 4.1 says, Therefore, since God in his mercy has given us this new way, we never give up. He's given us this new way. He's given us this new way. I believe every woman in this room has this gift of per- persistence, this gift of nurturing. It's the gear that just seems to kick into overdrive when most peop- other people give up, throw in the towel. I, I just believe you've got something special. Um, I, it shows up in Debbie in weird ways. It, she's Debbie... Debbie's. Uh, Debbie likes everything to be clean, neat, and orderly. And so yesterday evening we got to the camper and I told her, I said, Doug and Becca's going to run by. we got to fix something on the outside. And being the persistent nurturer that Debbie is, let's get it cleaned up. It's not dirty, honey. No, no, we need to straighten up. We just got here from out of town. No, no, we need to straighten up. So, <laughs> come on, mom. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Just, it's just, it's weird to me, because I want to sit down. Just sit on that pile of stuff. It'll be fine. I need an amen from the men. Just sit on that stuff. It'll be all right. A lot of wrinkles will come out. But no, no, you got to hang it all, you got to straighten it all, you got to get everything in, got to have it, and, and 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 of course, riling just destroy the place, and it doesn't matter. So I mean, it's acceptable though. They're it's the grandbaby. So I guess what I'm saying is, when we talk about this this element that God put in you, this gift that He's placed in you, this 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 incredible thing in you, quit. I'm gonna say it. Quit ain't in you. Just like that. I use the word and. Quit is not in you. Don't listen to it if it shows up. It's a lie. You don't have quit in you. (laughs) You may have heard this saying, an oak tree is just an acorn that refused to give up. An oak tree is just an acorn that refused to give up. My word. It is always too soon to quit. You'll never, you're never a failure. You're never a failure until you quit. <laughs> I'm going to read a piece and then I'm going to, going to close. It's a piece David Jeremiah, preacher from Florida, super guy. Some of y'all may have listened to him before. He's, um, he was telling a story and he was, it was actually in a devotional that I'd read and uh, he was talking, and I'm gonna read the devotion. It's just a little couple of paragraphs. He said, "One morning last year, it was 3:20 a.m. Actor Chris Pratt, some of y'all may know who Chris Pratt is. Actor Chris Pratt was riding through Atlanta, following 80 hours of exhaustive filming on a movie, looking over the darkened streets. As he it, it, over the darkened streets, he felt burdened for the downtrodden. Pratt, who professes Christ, wrote a note on Instagram." He recalled the many years when he had to hustle hard and go hungry. He said, I had to eat sardines and figure out how to get gas money. Don't give up, he wrote. Don't ever give up. Pratt credits his inspiration to an encounter outside a liquor store when he was 19. A stranger stopped him, told him about Christ, and gave him a message That changed his life. Folks, when you're eating sardines and seeing little results, when it seems like the sun nor the stars appear for days, or when a child you love makes a decision you know is going to hurt them, it's harmful to their health, to their well-being, their future, their faith. Those are the moments that it's easy to listen to the give-up voice. Because we all have heard the give-up voice. We've all heard the voice of doubt. We've all heard the voice that tells us why, why keep trying. What's it worth? They're not going to listen. Why, 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 just. Is always but God doesn't give up he didn't give up on me my word to you today is when that give up voice shows up take a minute and talk about who God is but wait a minute God in his mercy didn't give up on me God poured his grace out of me God at just the right time, heard my prayer, God, God, but God, you've got to counter those thoughts. You've got to counter those thoughts. I got a guy I read, John Acuff. He's a writer, lives in Nashville. He's written a lot of books, but he's got a blog that he does, and one of his one of his things is is um, Soundtracks, he talks about soundtracks, and he talks about soundtracks that run in our mind. Soundtracks, y'all know what I'm talking about. It's those things that repeat themselves when things aren't going right, or maybe it's a little doubtful, or maybe, maybe things are going good, and you just get, you're busy, and all of a sudden, this soundtrack starts playing. And I'm not talking about music, I'm talking about why bother, who's listening, who cares. You've said that before. You've done that before. You're wasting your time. Just give up. It comes in different forms and fashions. It comes in different ways. It shows up in different thoughts and language. But the bottom line is it's always a soundtrack that repeats itself. It's an attempt to get us to question God. The same thing that happened with Adam and Eve. It's the same soundtrack, it's the same voice, it's the same lie, it's the same devil, it's the same one that got kicked out of heaven because he was in the wrong, it's the same one who's called the God of this age that, that, that's blinding the eyes of the people around us, including ourselves a lot of times. It's him, but it's the one that's defeated, the one that we know that Jesus went into death, hell, and the grave and took the keys of those and brought them out of it's the one who Jesus at the right hand of the Father now intercedes for us to overcome. It's the one who Jesus' blood has secured us from, and we don't have to listen to him anymore. We're a faith people. No, ooh, this, look, some of y'all are trying to work off fact. You're not a fact person. You're a faith person. You look at the facts, and the facts tell you there's no hope. But if you'll stand in faith, If you'll stand in that I'm not giving up spirit, that faith spirit, that faith uh, reality, that faith understanding of who God is and what he said to you and what he said in his word to us, then what happens is is we don't give room for doubt. And though we may feel like we're not doing a great job, mom, you're doing a great job because your best is what God's looking for. If you're giving it, then he's taking up all the slack. And what you've taught is buried deep. And what you're praying over that child, and what you're standing for over that person, what you're believing for, the word of God tells us that we just don't need to give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. 2 Corinthians 15, 7 says, Be strong and courageous, for your work will be rewarded. Refuse to give up when sin's crashing at your child's door. You say, Well, you don't understand what the sin is. I don't care what the sin is. I know who was victorious over it. And I'm saying to you, stand in the authority and the might of Jesus and stand in the gap for that person and and watch what God does. The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you're tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. God wants to do that for our children. Refuse to give up when your soul gets weary. And that happens to us, doesn't it? We get tired. It's a battle. See, because we don't recognize this is a spiritual battle. It's a spiritual battle for the souls around you. That's why... God gave you this spirit of nurturing because it's going to take a nurturer to stand the ground, to stand through it, to to make it through that spiritual battle. Each time he said, my grace is all you need, my power works best in weaknesses. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. Refuse to give up when your waiting seems to have no end. Just don't give up. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. Father, we just take a moment right now. We just bow in your presence. We're, We're here because we get to be here, not because we have to be here. I don't think a person walked into this building today that had to because it's Mother's Day. I believe they're here because they get to be here. I believe you drew them here. You drew them here to say to them, don't give up. I think you're saying that to men and women today. I think you're saying that concerning relationships today. I think you're saying that concerning children today that aren't present, but that are present, that are close to the mother's heart that's close 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 in proximity to this moment because of the heart of a mother and her hurt her desire her longing, her faith to see her child serve the living God magnify magnify the That's above every name. Lord, we know your word tells us that every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. and We we need that to be on this earth. We need need that to be during our time. We need that promise fulfilled in some of our children today and some of those that we're raising. And so today we say we're not going to give up. What we've taught that's very deep, you've promised to bring to life. We ask you now to begin to water that word, to bring life to that word, to bring hope to the relationship. Cover that spirit, that soul, that body, that person with the blood of Jesus. We speak it over them now in Jesus' name. Stand with me. If you're here this morning, man, I'm gonna be just I'm gonna just pray for you guys. If you man or woman, but especially in my mind, the women, the ladies, the mothers. Who's got somebody that they're carrying and that they just this this has been something that god's spoke to you this morning that you want to bring and you want to bring them to the altar you want to bring them to god you want to bring them in 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 a in a way to the foot of the cross though they're not here you're for them now you sense god saying to you don't give up and you're you're stepping out with them will be a stepping out to say to god i I'm not giving up. I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stand the ground. I'm going to make it, Lord. I'm going to make it. You may be here, and it may be something that feels a little out of place for you, but if you need to come close to God, he's coming close to you right now. He's drawing close to you. This is a great moment for that. So I just want to open this altar. If that's you and you need prayer, we want to pray for you. We want to pray God's presence into that person, into that, that child, into those, into that relationship, whatever it is. I want to open the altar. Will you come? Will you come and bring that need to Christ? Will you bring that need to Jesus right now? If you're here and you just need to draw close to God, sir, ma'am, you just need to draw close to God. You don't have someone specific except yourself, and you realize I need God to touch me. I need him to, I need him to minister to me right now. I feel like I'm I, I'm my persistence is waning. I've carried this load, and I just need God to do something. Anyone, anyone else, anyone else. We open this altar right now. Bring it to Jesus. Come on, bring them to Jesus. You have a child that's far from God, you can bring them to Jesus this morning. Right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, of them. Look around. If you see somebody here that you can come stand in with. Will you come and stand behind them? Ladies, if there's a lady up here that you've got a burden for, will you come stand with them? You see someone up here, will you come and just agree with them right now? We've got, we've got board members, elders who are going to come and stand with them and just pray. We're going to just believe God right now. Will you come? Father, I just pray a blessing over this people, your people, your children. Lord, we know our mission is loving people, and God, we just feel the love, not just from one another, but from God, the love that, just, that, that floods this place right now. is you. It's you. It's your presence. It's your love, Lord, shown to us through your son, Jesus, received as we accept Christ. We receive it. We choose to walk out of this place of people who love, of people who will love our children and our grandchildren, of people who will love friends and neighbors, people who will love strangers for the opportunity to let our light so shine before them that they'll see our good works and glorify the Father who is in heaven. So we walk out, Lord, thankful for your love, Thankful for every mom and every woman here. Thankful for every person here who represents you. Let us go in your name. Let us go in your name for your glory and honor. We pray it in Christ's name. Everyone said amen. Love one another. You need to use the